0: All right, I'm Melanie, I'm a drug addict. Um, My sobriety date is February 9th, 2020. So I just took a year recently. Um, I worked all 12 steps um, with the previous sponsor I had. Now I have a new sponsor and I'm reworking my steps and on step two again. Um, I've struggled with the higher power concept a lot in this program. Um, Before I came in, I was definitely an atheist. I didn't believe in anything Bigger than me, Um, I was really angry at the idea of God, um, mainly because a lot of trauma I went through. I didn't understand why, if there was a God, why he would put me through that. And I was just really angry um, for a long time. And because of this program, I've been able to feel more comfortable with trusting that everything I've been through has been for a reason. Um, And I don't always know exactly what that reason is yet, but I do know that something is looking out for me um, because I'm still alive after everything I've been through. And like a lot of people in this room, a lot of us should be dead, um, not even just from overdose, but from the kind of lifestyles that we were living in situations we put ourselves in. Um, So because of that, I know that there's definitely something keeping me alive and giving me some kind of purpose in life. So kind of my story a little bit. Um, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I had some addict behavior before I even started drinking and doing drugs. Um, I was really big on people pleasing. So I just was always really insecure and wanted people to like me. So I remember I would say anything to kind of just fit in with everybody else. I was also spoiled, so I was very selfish and self-centered, which is um, the big book describes as that's one of the core problems of our addiction. Um, I was just very selfish growing up. I didn't think about anybody else. It was kind of just what my needs were. Um, I started cutting when I was 12, and that was kind of like my first addiction that I had. Um... Part of it, I did it was just to escape. Um, If I was able to focus on the pain or the blood or something else, then it helped me distract from how I was feeling. Um, And so cutting and self-injury was really the first kind of addiction that I had. I did that for a few years. Um, My first drink was when I was 15. Um, I had met this man online. I had really been struggling. I was depressed, I was cutting. Um, I wasn't getting along with my parents. Um, My parents really didn't get along well. They thought it was better for me to stay together, um, but they were just constantly fighting all the time. And because I was only a child, I was put in the middle of a lot of it. Um, So I met this man online. Um, Turns out he was a pedophile, which I didn't know that at the time, obviously. Um, I was really young. I didn't know anything about sex or about meeting people on the internet or anything like that. Um, and the first time we hung out, he offered me alcohol and he had a bottle of Bacardi. And I remember I took a sip of it and I thought it was disgusting. My throat was burning. I wanted to spit it out. Um, but he told me I'd feel good if I kept drinking it. So then I had a second like shot of it. Um, and then I just remember my body feeling really warm and kind of numb. Um, and then for the first time in my life, I felt like I was really able to just calm down and not be so insecure and overthink, um, not just feel so bad about myself you know cutting had helped with that a little bit um, but it was a different kind of escape that i had from alcohol Um, after that he ended up raping me and it really ended up fucking me up Um, i had a lot of problems Um, most of my trauma stems from that incident Um, and because of that i started binge drinking like kind of right away Um, also addict behavior or alcoholic behavior i was drinking by myself Um, around that time, that was when I started partying with friends. So, you know, on weekends, we would have parties and I would drink. Um, but I remember during the week, I would go in my parents liquor cabinet and steal their Ricardi, and I would drink by myself. Um, my parents openly knew I was drinking. It wasn't even like I had to hide it. My parents' mentality was that if they let me drink and they gave it to me, that I wouldn't feel the need to like sneak it from them. Kind of the mentality, if you just give it to them, then they won't want it as much. Um, which I understand their logic, but I think it kind of backfired on them, especially because I am an alcoholic, that it was really easy to drink. And like I said, it just, um, but even looking at it, it's still weird that my parents didn't wonder why I was drinking alone, um, because that's just not normal. But anyways, (laughs) Um, so I drank all through high school. I didn't start doing drugs until I was 19. Um, I first started with crack, and I was smoking crack for about six months, and I loved it, I loved the high I got from it, feeling a lot of energy. Um, and then eventually I started doing heroin as a come down from that. Um, and heroin was a drug that I kind of like looked down upon for a while. Um, I guess I always thought I was better than heroin addicts because um, I thought I would never do a lot of the things that I ended up doing in my addiction. Um, I was sniffing it the first like year about, and I remember saying I would never do needles. That was kind of like a rock bottom that I had done for myself. And I eventually got to the point where sniffing it just wasn't working anymore. And my boyfriend that I was with was shooting up. So he convinced me that I might as well do it the other way. Um, So I started shooting it. And I remember the first time I did it, um, it was a feeling I hadn't had before but it was kind of like it went against my own morals because that was something that I had set for myself that I was never going to do. And then when I did it, I just felt really dirty and gross about myself. Um, I went into treatment for the first time shortly thereafter. And for the next like five, six years, I was just in and out of treatment centers. I would do really well when I was in there. I could do good for like 30 days, even 60 days if I was in there because I thrive on structure. Um, which is something that I've learned in my sobriety too, that I need to have structure. I need to have things planned out during my day because I get in trouble when I have free time. Um, And so again, I would do really well in treatment and I'd have all these tools. It was kind of like a safe little bubble. Um, And then when I would get out was I'd end up relapsing. I tried marijuana maintenance a lot. That was something that I never thought I would give up. Um, Once I started doing drugs I really didn't drink that much anymore but smoking weed was always like my backup for everything. Um, It helped a lot with my anxiety. And so that was something that I had a really hard time giving up when I first came into this program because I wasn't ready to give up all substances. Um, and it's taken me, like I said, I have a little over a year sober. It took me to get to about nine months sober where I was finally able to accept that I wouldn't do weed again. You know, I could not do heroin or meth or the hard drugs, um, but I've just finally gotten to the point where I've accepted that I can't do anything because even if I am just smoking weed, I still do it like an addict. I do it first thing in the morning when I wake up, I do it all day, every day. Um, I'm smoking in between my lunch break at work, going back in stoned. Um, It's still unmanageable and I can't do anything, any kind of substance like a normal person. Um, So again, just in and out of treatments. I came out here about four years ago. Um, Nothing was really different the first few treatment centers other than that I was away from home. Um, It was nice. I think geographical change, even though it doesn't cure anything, the big book says that, that we take our problems with us wherever we go. Um, but for me, it did really help to get away from home and kind of have a place to start over where I didn't know anyone, I didn't have any connections, and I was able to really just start over with a new life. Um, I had a year sober at one point, and I had been doing really well. I was sponsoring, I was house managing for four four nine. Um, I was in a really good place. And for the first time in my life, I had a woman, my sponsor, um, a woman who I'd looked up to and trusted. And before I never had good relationships with women. My mom and I were never close. um, And I just never got along with women just for whatever reason. Um, So I got really close with this sponsor. And then two weeks before my year, she ended up moving to Chicago and it devastated me. And I'm not blaming that for the reason that I relapsed because ultimately I made the choice to get high, nobody else did. Um, But I think that if she wouldn't have moved, it wouldn't have set off some of the feelings I had to relapse. And then after that, um, I'm almost done. Um, So that was when I had a year and the relapse that I had after that year was the worst relapse I ever had. I thought having enough time would have like taught me to get high the right way. Um, like I would have been able to manage it. Um, I wouldn't overdose because I would know how much to do. Um, and it was terrible. I ended up homeless. Um, I was living in my car. I had bed sores on the back of my legs um because I couldn't recline my seat from all the stuff that was in my car. And it was just terrible. And um, but that was really the point I was really willing to surrender. That was when I was willing again to give up the hard drugs. Um, but for the next like two years after that, I was still smoking weed. Um, I would take dirty chips at meetings I would come in and I thought I was sober um, and that's something that I've made amends to groups um, as a whole of just being able to take dirty chips at meetings Um, what my life is like now I'm in school I'm getting ready to graduate I'll have a master's in social work and again because of my higher power I know that everything I've been through has helped me to go in the field of social work and help other people um i'm able to give back i'm not sponsoring right now but that is something that i definitely want to do eventually um because we don't have what we have by giving or we have what we have by giving it away um and that's something that i'm really motivated in um if you're new i'd say keep coming to meetings definitely get a sponsor and work the steps it really will change you Um, also if you have mental health issues it's important to address those not everybody needs um, um, some people can benefit just from the program itself. But for me, I was one of those people that I needed therapy. I needed to see a psychiatrist. I needed to be on psychiatric medication. Um, and if you're one of those people, don't feel ashamed of it. Just get the help for that, too. Um, also get commitments and meetings. It really helps you to go to a meeting, even if you don't feel like it. If you know people are counting on you and you have something to do, that'll also really help. Um, but that's about all I have. So thanks for letting me speak.